What's up, Life Crew? Welcome to Life in Light, the podcast, where we seek to transform our lives for the better through truth, love, and positivity. I am your host, Alicia, and I invite you along this journey with me. This is episode three of our Faith Fitness series, and today, God wants me to let each of you know that it is possible. It is possible. It is possible. Whatever you are trusting the Lord for in this season, it is possible. Now, before I jump into our message, let's go over our faith definition, which is the Greek word pistis, means persuasion in or conviction of moral truth, a firm belief in the truthfulness of God or religious truth, the conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. And as I mentioned earlier, it is possible. Anything that you're believing in and putting your faith in God for, it is possible. As I continue to say that out loud and within myself, the one person that comes to mind is Abraham. Let's take a look at his story. Genesis 12 and 1 in the ERV reads, The Lord said to Abraham, excuse me, the Lord said to Abram, Leave your country and your people. Leave your father's family and go to the country that I will show you. Verse 2, I will build a great nation from you. I will bless you and make your name famous. People will use your name to bless other people. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. I will use you to bless all the people on earth. So pause for just a second. That's a lot to digest in reading, but especially in living. So you're just sitting there minding your business and God come out of nowhere and say, hey, actually not even, hey, how you doing? But you need to get up out of here, leave your mama, leave your daddy, all them people and come on. Now I'm going to do something for you. It's going to be huge. Let's go. Uh, Lord, let's just wait a minute now. What you say? You just going to come over here while I'm minding my business? Talking about leave my country, my family, my people, everything I know? For somewhere you going to show me? Where did it? I mean, now I hear what you're saying about the great nation and the blessings and the fame. But wait a minute, Lord. Can we discuss this? You mean right now, right now? Now, this just the conversation that's played in my mind if I were in his situation. But verse four says the complete opposite. It reads, so Abram left Haran, just like the Lord said, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old. Side note. You're never too old to make a move or be great for God. But back to the reading. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Verse 5. 
He took his wife, Sarah, his nephew, Lot, all the slaves, and all the other things he had gotten in Haran. Verse 6. Then he and his group moved to the land of Canaan. Verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. Abram built an altar to honor the Lord who appeared to him there. And verse 9 tells us that he stopped for a time at several places. So for the sake of time, we're going to focus on specific portions of Abram's story. But I do encourage you to read these chapters. Um, that way you'll have a deeper understanding of all these events in Abraham's life. And also realize that God is revealing to us the journey and relationship of being connected to him. And these chapters are Genesis 12 through 25. Now in chapter 13, God reiterates to Abraham, to Abraham or Abram. Um, he was Abram at that time. At verse 14, look around you. Look north, south, east, west. Verse 15, all this land that you see, I will give to you and your people who live after you. This will be your land forever. Verse 16, I will make your people so many that they will be like the dust of the earth. If people could count all the particles of dust on earth, they could, they could count your people. Verse 17, so go, walk through your land. I now give it to you. Now at this point, Abraham is well over 75 and he has no children, but the Lord keeps promising him how he will have so many descendants and be such a great nation. But how? Where are these kids coming from, Lord? It seems that Abraham, over, like as the years were passing by, had the same thoughts come into his mind. So he has a conversation with God in chapter 15 at verse 2. It reads, Lord God, there is nothing you can give me that will make me happy because I have no son. My slave Eliza from Damascus will get everything I own after I die. Verse 3, you have given me no son. So a slave born in my house will get everything I have. And let's pause. Isn't it funny how we think we know the end of a thing? Like how it will all play out better than God does. We assume that we know what's going to happen and don't even be halfway close. So God had to get Abram together on that. And at verse four, he says, that slave will not be the one to get what you have. You will have a son who will get everything you own. Verse 5. Then God led Abram outside and said, Look at the sky. See the many stars. There are so many you cannot count them. Your family will be like that. Verse 6. Abram believed the Lord. And because of this faith, the Lord accepted him as one who has done what is right. Or as the NIV reads, credited to him as righteousness. Verse 8. 
But Abram said, Lord, God, how can I be sure that I will get this land? Verse 9, God said to Abram, we will make an agreement. And many times we find ourselves in this same space, knowing we've heard God speak the promise, receiving the promise that he's spoken, but living year after year, seeing nothing that partially even resembles what God has spoken. Abram knew that God was trustworthy, but he needed more. He needed something that would push the doubt out to continue to believe year after year what God had said would happen, to continue to believe that it is possible. Now, the crazy part, but of course, the human part about this is, even though he and God made an agreement, he allowed his wife, Sarah, who later becomes Sarah, to convince him to sleep with her slave, Hagar, so that she could become the surrogate mother of their child. What makes us think that even though we only know what happened yesterday and we can only see what's going on today as it takes place, that it with those type of minds, those type of realities, that we know more than God and that he need our help to get the ball rolling. This is when we allow impatience and our desires and will above the desires of God's will. Hagar does become pregnant and has a son named Ishmael, but the situation does not pan out the way they hoped. Ishmael was born when Abraham was 86 years old. And this story is found in chapter 16. So life continues to go on. And it is in chapter 21 that we finally see the promise manifest. At verse 1, it reads, The Lord came back to visit Sarah as he said he would. And he kept his promise to her. Verse 2, At exactly the time God said it would happen, Sarah became pregnant and gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. And let's just give the Lord a praise break right there for the fact that he comes back and keeps his promise just like he said he would. Amen. Verse 3, Abraham named his son Isaac. Verse 5, Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. Verse 6, Sarah said, God has made me happy and everyone who hears about this will be happy with me. No one thought that I, Sarah, would be able to have Abraham's child, but I have given Abraham a son, even though he is old. It is possible. It is possible. It is possible. This man spent 25 years of his life waiting and trusting that the seed of his promise would come to pass. All the years prior were just growing his relationship with God and building his trust and belief. As the scripture said, God had an exact time that the child would be born. He sees to it that the plan comes together at just the right time. He has planned it. There are so many lessons and tests and experiences 
they had to go through to receive Isaac, the promise. But for God, it's for the good. Now, I personally believe this is one of the greatest examples of God's faithfulness, his ability to do those things that seem impossible, and most importantly, his grace and mercy to keep us when we try to do things our way instead of remaining faithful. He is faithful when we are not. God is so good to us. He is so good to us, even when we don't deserve his goodness. He is worthy of our faith. He is worthy of our belief and our obedience. He is worthy of it all. We are living this life because of what he had in mind, not the other way around. But it is because he loves us that he wishes to provide a good life and our heart's desires. No matter what comes in life, we must strengthen our faith knowing that he is faithful and whatever his will be for us, it is for our good. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your patience and your love. Lord, it is your will that we desire for these lives that you have allowed us to borrow. We want to receive the promise. We want to receive the blessings, but most of all, we want to have the faith and the belief that there is nothing impossible for you. With you, all things are possible. It is possible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And as an action step, at what time in your life have you been like Abraham and Sarah and tried to force God's promise over your life? Acknowledge that to our Father. Ask for his forgiveness and decide to follow his instructions moving forward. And please feel free to connect with me if you'd like to share how this message resonated with you at lifewithleishah at gmail.com. That's life, L-I-F-E, with W-I-T-H, Leisha H, L-I-C-I-A-H, at gmail.com. I look forward to receiving any input you'd like to share. And remember, we are the light of Christ to the world. So continue to let your light shine. Be blessed.